Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, so my guests today are the founders of Aligned With Love. They help couples and individuals to create or transform incredible relationships. They are also the co-hosts of the Relationship Breakthrough Show podcast, and you can listen to that on all major platforms. Welcome to the show, Matt and Rebecca. Hey, thanks, John. Thanks for having us. Very welcome. You're very welcome. Lovely to have you both here. So that was a very, very brief introduction. So if you would like to tell the listeners... Uh, more about yourselves, what you do, and how you help. Absolutely, John. Yeah, we um, we work a lot with couples, but individuals as well. I mean, being a couple and working with couples, that tends to lend itself really, really well to working with couples because obviously the challenges for men and women can be quite different. Um, but yeah, we do a lot of work individually as well, Rebecca, particularly with women, myself with men. And um, yeah, we help people through different processes that we have. We have group in sessions also work individually with couples and um, we run bigger events like particularly for women some events for men as well mm-hmm. um so yeah we've got lots of different ways that we sort of bring people into the the journey people looking to really transform and have a relationship that serves them great great so when you work with couples do you actually work with them as a couple together because that's quite an unusual space isn't it for a couple to work with a couple it is unusual yeah a lot of people when they hear about that they, they can be a bit surprised but mm a lot of people also feedback how well it works because mm. the danger when it's if they were having a conversation with one or the other of us it could at least feel it it was a bit unbalanced mm. we're doing our best to be completely neutral just by nature that i'm a man rebecca's a woman it might feel like we're a bit in the minority mm. if you're talking just to a, a woman or a man so we've just found that's a good way to speak to people initially but then with the work that we do there is an individual component exactly. as well yeah yeah i, I was going to say that uh, he, in the journey that we take people through, there's also uh, some points where we work with the individuals separately, which is absolutely critical for mm. their transformation, really. It's not just about working with a couple, both of ourselves. It's also about working separately with them because at the end of the day, it all boils down to the relationship that we have with ourselves. So that's why it's critical to work individually as well. Yeah. Right. So a kind of holistic approach there. So you work with the couples on their relationship, but you also do the one to one work to help them to work on their own stuff at the same time. Exactly, John. And group as well. You know, just to give an idea, you know, we take well, I go with groups of men up into the Brecon Beacons and we have a walk and, you know, it's a great chance for men to connect. And, you know, a lot of one of the challenges in our culture, John, you know, is a lot of the time it's mum and dad living together with the kids. Yeah. And what we don't then have is the network or support. And uh, so we, we like to balance that out. So the equivalent for women is that Rebecca does events for women. Yeah, yeah. I work with women. I do events every month uh, in person in Cardiff yeah. where everyone shares in the mic their challenges. I coach them. Uh, people do different exercises. They make new friends. You know, some people are, um, you know, they're just w- uh, wondering, shall I stay, shall I go in the relationship? So they meet other ladies who are in the same journey. Some people having, uh, you know, uh, stuck in abusive relationships for years. So they meet other ladies who are already finally uh, breaking up from that as well. So they support each other. It's really, it's, um, I just think this is amazing. <laughs> So, so the focus for the for the workshops and this group stuff that you do is very much working on the individual person, so like you said, to give them the space to be able to kind of think about where they are, what they're doing, that type of thing. Yeah, that's part of it, John. Mm-hmm. There, there is really important work together as well, because yeah. you know sometimes it's really hard to make sense of the relationship dynamic when you're mm-hmm. only looking at one part of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how you've got these different forces, a bit like an atom, you know, how the atom is like positive and negative forces and they're spinning around. The relationship's a bit like that. So yeah. it's also true that some of that you can't really make sense of properly without bringing both of them into the conversation. So we come at it from lots of different angles, really. Yeah, yeah. I guess, is there a, is there a kind of a, a, an outcome that you offer for the, at the end for these people? I know, you know, in the introduction, we talked about kind of 
how, how you help them to kind of improve the relationships. Mm. Is, I mean, it, the promise yeah. that we have is that, you know, people, people get a shift, you know, and many people when they come along, what they're looking for is to improve, like radically improve a broken, stuck, toxic situation, you know, and that's yeah. what we promise that they'll get, you know, if they, if they follow the process and they get to the end of it and they implement, we literally guarantee people get that result. Yeah. Um, so that's really the promise. Um, some people, by the way, decide not to continue in the relationship and that, that's fine. You know, we're not here to, we're not here to convince people to stay mm-hmm. together. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've heard about some therapy where I think they call it sometimes like marriage positive therapy, you know, where like the goal is just to save your marriage, no matter what, yeah. we don't work like that. You know, some people do, you know, transform the relationship and other people decide that they're just not willing to pay the price anymore. So mm-hmm. yeah. you know, we help them make sense of all that. Yeah. And also, also, you know, I wanted to add to what Matt has just said that is absolutely critical that if you leave, if anyone leaves their relationship, their marriage, or well, you know, their relationship with their partner, it's critical to leave from a place of forgiveness and and also ownership because. You know, it's not about, it's not about, it's never about your partner. It's always about ourselves. Yeah. Uh, it's not not even ourselves. It's about how we understood the challenges that we were uh, going through, how we understood them, and also how we co-created them. So it's very important to understand, this is why we offer clarity, this is a big component of our work. It's mm. very critical to understand how we co-created those challenges so we don't co-create them again with another partner or in another situation because you know sometimes the same challenges that are creating our intimate relationship challenges are exactly the same challenges that are creating our business challenges or professional challenge or even health challenges so it's very critical to understand that and to live from a place of love and without any judgments because otherwise, as I always say, you can't remove yourself from your from your partner, but you can never remove yourself from yourself. Mm-hmm. Wherever you go, you're gonna have to 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 take yourself, to carry yourself with yeah. yourself. Yeah, and that's the thing. That is the secret. How yeah. you're carrying yourself. Yeah. That's your twenty four seven relationship, right? <laughs> it's, it's interesting what you said. There's a couple of things there about um, how you need to own you co-create a problem so you need to co decreate the problem i guess you deconstruct the problem together as well don't you because it's can't you know the, the problem only exists because there's two of you in that space um you see I, I i've said mentioned this before but when i and me and my wife separated a couple of years ago the first thing my coach said to me what was your role in why this went wrong uh, I think I've said like I was kind of going on the call looking for some sympathy and blah blah blah. Uh, but the first thing they said, I said, told them what had happened, and they went, "Well, what was your role in that?" And it was really interesting because it immediately took me out of—I wouldn't say I was a victim, but it took me out of that feeling sorry for myself space and made me really reflect on the part that I'd played in that in the breakdown of that relationship, rather than just completely blaming them and 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 not being able to see see beyond that so, so i think that's a really interesting thing that you say it's you know it's about coming from a space of understanding yourself the role that you've played the problems that that created and and that's interesting because I, I often talk about this too tell me a little bit more about how you can take not just those patterns that you form in the relationships but you can take them into other areas of your life yeah it happens a lot actually john i, I spoke to um a guy recently and he, you know, the challenge that we kind of uncovered or we were talking about, even though we were very much focused on the relationship and how, you know, he wasn't basically having the the important conversations, you know, with his wife about mm-hmm. some challenges they were having. And, mm-hmm. you know, this problem had just gone on and on and on and hadn't really been resolved. Yeah. You know, as we talked about it and as Rebecca said, you know, we what we tend to find is it's never about the thing you think it's about. There's something deeper normally mm-hmm. that is really the real key. Where yeah. if we can get, get an improvement and, and what he said is, do you know what? I've actually had this feedback at work a few times where, you know, I'm presenting something or talking about it, but then I'm not quite addressing the most important issue or I take a long time to come to the main point, for example. So, you know, if you've got a habit where you just struggle in articulating or 
really getting to the heart of the problem because mm, it might be a bit of a conflict and it might be uncomfortable and what are people going to think and how am I going to feel? So if we have that habit, then if it's showing up in our relationship, then there's at least a chance it's going to show up in some other areas. So, you know, that's why a lot of people, well, when people, when you read the sort of testimonials, people quite often say that, you know, this has been not only transformational to my intimate relationship, but it's also massively helped me at work and with the kids and yeah, in other areas. That's yeah. right. Another example, John, is uh, when we go along with people. Uh, like, for example, myself, I used to go along with my dad all the time. He would tell me, uh, Rebecca, you need to go and do that. You need to go and sign this paper. You need to do this or that. And I would just go and do it. After all, he's, he's my dad, right? I love him. I trust him. He wants the best for me. Well, people are just people. You know, everyone makes mistakes. So the same problems that we have in one area, we can take them to the relationship. So then when I got other partners, uh, I would just go along with them. Right, <laughs> so, okay. So what we need to, what I need to learn, which many people need to learn, is to have your own, uh, your own boundaries Um more clearly your own wants and values what you want mm -hmm. what do you want and what you don't want what are you not going to tolerate do you know that because if you don't have those things clearly then you just go along with everything and maybe that's gonna bring resentment and these things happens a lot happen a lot in relationships yeah yeah definitely that's what well, that's part of my training course as well it's actually it's interesting how many people don't actually consider what they want Actually, let's, let's go back to that maybe what you just said about that pre sort of preconditioning. Um, so you said that actually your father led you to believe that you needed to do what you were asked to do, and then you decided in your mind that relationships functioned that way, and then you started to have relationships with other people where you just did what they you did what they wanted you to do. Um, exactly, young. Exactly, but a very 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 important point is that. It's not that my dad led me to believe that I need to go along with him. I created that belief myself. Mm. So that's right. I have the power to create a different belief. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, again, that's an important point, isn't it? That you, you in your mind, did what you thought was the thing you needed to do because that's what you were used to. Exactly. Without realizing at that time that you had a choice exactly and not do that exactly and i gave the power to my dad my power because yeah. i loved him and because i i thought he's, he's my dad mm. so lesson <laughs> labels are just labels yeah. your partner your husband your father is they're just people everyone make mistakes yeah I, how, how important do you see that in the work that you do with couples because i see it all the time is that this preconditioning of relationships, these ideas around relationships that they bring into all the relationships that they have. Um, I guess you address that with them when you do the one-to-one -one and couples work, right? It's really important, isn't it, John? Yeah, about becoming aware of how we've got to the point we're at, you know, and yeah. we're certainly not in the business of like blaming our parents. It can sometimes sound a bit like that, can't it, when we're yeah. talking about, oh, I got this from my parents, but mm. it's not really about blaming because they were just doing their best, you know, we're, we're all best, just yeah. doing our best. but. Yeah. Sometimes when we see the habits that we've observed and how they've affected us, what we find like again and again and again is that these patterns that we observe are more influential on us than we initially might like to imagine. You know, quite often we think, well, no, I'm grown up. I've, I've, I, I decide how I am, you know, I've, that, that's just in the past. But yeah. it's just incredible how powerful these patterns that we learn are and how they shape our behavior. Yeah, I think that's what you point you just made there. People just, I mean, how many times people have said to me, I don't know. Well, it's much harder, right? That can't be affecting me now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. And, and can, can I say something, young? Uh, yeah. What Matt has just said. Sometimes people tell us, oh, you know what? But my parents were amazing. They were lovely. So no, it can, it doesn't come from that. But you know what? It's just not about your parents. It's about your environment and about the experiences that we went through. Because let me, let me give you this example. This uh, There was a lady who actually told us exactly this. No, my, my childhood was amazing, so I'm no one to blame. My parents are not to blame. But here's the thing. It came to a point where she told us that she was in the river with her little sister when she was a little girl. 
and she witnessed how another friend of her sister was bullying her in the river. Mm. And she said to herself in her mind, with a lot of emotion, this is key, yeah. she basically cursed herself. She said to herself, I will never ever allow anyone to become the bully, to, to, be, to bully me. I will never allow anyone to bully me. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Whatever you focus on with a lot of emotion, A, you may attract it, or B, you may become it. So mm-hmm. here's what happens. She didn't attract any bullying, but she became the bully. And because she was so strict in that boundary of not being told exactly. what to do or, you know, advised of maybe even t- what to do. She always had to be in control and, and make sure that she didn't feel that someone was trying to bully her. So, she, But she would then bully first. Exactly, John. And, and another one is the TV. You know, I grew up watching movies with my dad <laughs> of Jean-Claude Van Damme, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So guess what happened? I hypnotized myself weekend after weekend after weekend watching those movies with my dad for years and years to be that that fighter, you know, survivor, to be strong-minded, mm-hmm. like to 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 fight. And and to to scan for threats and to come up with you know like basically to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester right. Stallone, and when I put this into my intimate relationships, that brought me a lot of challenges. Most definitely, because again, you went very masculine into the relationship, right? And you tried to take on that masculine role. Did it? Did it also input in how you saw men too? I guess because. There's not a real, there's no real sensitivity there. There's no real kind of vulnerability and softness. It's all about being tough and uh, and strong and being in charge all the time and, and winning all the time, I guess. So that, did that did that also influence you or what you saw men should be as well? Exactly, John. That is such a great question. When I started to meet lovely guys, the guys that I really wanted to have for, for as a partner, because they were really lovely and caring and considerate, I didn't feel any attraction at all. Mm. I just felt they were boring, really boring. Like, mm. I just boring, soft. Mm. Honestly, I saw my dad in the t- in the toilet one day taking a tooth out. <laughs> he would never go to the dentist. Like, I can't right. do it by myself. I'm a tough man. Can you imagine when I saw my partners being ill, like with a cold or a flu? I was thinking, what the hell? <laughs> Are you <laughs> serious? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because that's a sign of, I guess, weakness. I guess, again, that's yeah. another thing that comes up quite a lot in people's psychology, isn't it? Is mm-hmm. that being vulnerable, being ill, being emotional, whatever it might be, is a, is a sign of weakness. Yeah, uh, and the uh, TV does a lot of damage in this respect. Can yeah. you imagine with these superheroes, then you go dating and, like, forget. <laughs> There's no tough guys out there. Yeah. We need to really change some beliefs at some point. Yeah. Yeah. What what kind of influences did you have, Matt, when with you and, and how you saw relationships growing up? I think, um, you know, just going back to reiterate, you know, I think our parents are always doing their best. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're, they, they have like a lot of wonderful qualities. But I can also see how like some things that I observed or maybe learned didn't sometimes maybe they worked great and other times they didn't. Um, one example I can think of, like with my ex-wife is that I found myself um I found myself just becoming very passive you know very sort of um just going along with stuff not taking my my own leadership not owning my own truth really yeah um just to try and keep the peace uh-huh. and you know in some cases keeping the peace is nothing nothing wrong with that but then also it's identifying the times when it becomes dysfunctional it definitely did for me yeah yeah uh, you know, I ended up going along with things that looking back, I should never, ever have tolerated or stood for. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I don't think, you know, going along with abuse is ever, is ever really a good, a good strategy. I think it just perpetuates it. Yeah. Um, so it's incredible how, you know, we can just change perspective on that. That's where, you know, doing this work is so powerful, isn't it? Because we just come to reevaluate how, you know, even though we were doing our best sometimes it doesn't work out and we've got to own part of that sometimes so yeah and again like you said what we believe we're doing is also right 
is is it right for us but and again if we've been conditioned to believe that doing things a certain way is the right way even though that might not really work for us you know it feels very inauthentic and incongruent and very uncomfortable doesn't it when we're acting out in in ways which are conditioned in us mm -hmm. i often hear like you know i have to say things in my head and i think that's not my stuff that's my dad or that's some come from somewhere else and i think i don't actually believe that why is that why am i saying it why is that coming out of my mouth even you know and it's uh interesting and i that a bit to come aware of that again if i wasn't aware of that i would continue to perpetuate that belief that wasn't mine mm, that's right that's yeah so again that's interesting what you say about your parents as well it's very much that again a lot of comments i get in my own sessions I'm, i don't want to blame my parents and again it's like you said it's not about blaming it's about understanding it's about saying okay what happened in my relationships growing up that now impact on me now that I need to change, that I want to change without, like you said, because that blaming become, you can, can become very resentful, causes a lot more discomfort within us if we are trying to hold someone else responsible for, for our stuff. That's right. Exactly, John. And, you know, maybe we review this and we say, well, do you know what? I'm happy with the way things are. I'd be really happy to have a similar, you know, quality of relationship to the one my parents have, have had. And that would really serve me. And, you know, if that's the case, then at least we can, consciously decide that you know rather yeah. than just unconsciously going along with something that may get us to that point yeah. um, but then other people we may find that there's a gap between like the the track that we're on where it's heading and our dream you know what a, what a great relationship would look like and then we've got a decision to make don't we about what we do yeah and th there are also um unconscious fears young unconscious fears of disrupting <laughs> things and situations like let's say that if I'm married to a man who has similar patterns to my dad and I'm running similar patterns behavioral patterns thought patterns emotional patterns to my mom then yeah. what happens is that what if I decide to go for the divorce how are my parents going to think about that how my parents are going to feel about that because they could unconsciously start thinking hmm is Rebecca judging my marriage? Does she think that I should do the same with my husband? You know, my mom could start thinking like that and she could start, or my dad, and they could start getting very defensive and reactive and they could start stopping us or stopping me from getting divorced. Not because they care about me, but they, go, they care about the, re, the reputation. Because if they're going to keep stuck, they're going to make sure that I'm going to keep stuck as well. Or otherwise, you know, I'm mirroring the, them. I'm mirroring their choices. Mm. And it doesn't look any good. It doesn't feel good. Mm. And they don't do this deliberately to hurt me, but they may do it unconsciously to protect themselves. This mm. is all weird stuff, super invisible stuff, dynamics. Mm. And we need to uncover those things. You know, no one is a bad person. Uh, it's just that we're just surviving. We're just protecting ourselves. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? The point that you make that there are people, as you, especially when you try and change yourself or change your life or shift the dynamics in your relationships, there are people that are not going to see that as a as a positive and will want you to do what they're more comfortable with. Exactly young. Like when I remember when I was when I had my last job mm, a lot of years ago, and after work we would go out for a drink to the mm. pub, typical in this country. And I, I'm not an I don't drink alcohol really in general, almost never. But they would ask for a drink, you know, a beer or a cocktail or whatever. And I would just order <laughs> water with a with a slide of lime or lemon because I love it. It's healthy. Mm -hmm. And they would start pushing, you know, pushing me. No, you should drink. Take a drink. Oh, come on. Have fun. No, I don't want to. Mm. Are you feeling okay with that? What's your problem? Because I don't have any problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I stopped drinking last year for about five, four or five months. And someone cancelled a night out because I wasn't drinking. Oh, well, I'll wait till you're drinking again. And I was like, well, I'm okay. I can still go out and have a good time not drinking. And they were like, no, no, I'd rather you, I'd rather you were drinking. I don't really want to go out with you when you're not drinking. And it, it was there because they were very uncomfortable with the idea that I wasn't going to be drinking. Even though there was a group of people going out, they didn't want to go out with somebody that wasn't drinking. 
Wow, it's interesting. It's there's such a, a thing in our culture, isn't it, John? And mm. I've heard quite a few people refer to this kind of pressure. Mm. And I definitely felt it when I stopped drinking, you know, years and years ago now. I, I don't really come across this, but I remember at the time feeling it really, really uncomfortable because I was like, well, look, I've made this decision for me because I just don't want to drink. Mm. And, you know, I'm not making any judgment. I'm not trying to convince you. And I'm here to have a good time, you know, do whatever you, you want to. But it's mm. like, oh, go on. Oh, you're not having any fun. Oh, yeah. just have one. <laughs> you know, you're going to relax more. And it's like, hang on, I think I've. I said what I'm going to do. Yeah, just yeah. It's uh, it, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, anyone listening, you know, if if you've ever been in that situation, or maybe if you've even put put pressure on people mm. in that situation, mm. it's worth just thinking how that could affect people, or you know, make yeah. And again, I, I think if you have put people in, if you are one of those people that tries to do that, I mean, it's really important that you explore that for yourself as well. Is why are you so uncomfortable with somebody not having a drink around you? And I think that's a very deeply uh, a deep psychological thing for you to try and uncover because it, it doesn't make any sense does it why you would be so uncomfortable just because someone's not having a, 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 an alcoholic drink with you um but I, I used to be an athlete back in the day so I was used to going out all the time and not drinking so I've, yeah. I've always been one of those people that's never been a thing I see um, but it'll be, it'll be interesting <clears throat> to see where that maybe comes from for somebody to to put that in that space and again that's the thing you talked about right at the beginning is about that exploration of self isn't it and being very self-aware of what it is that you're carrying what you're doing mm. um it, that that can influence the decisions that you're making that affect other people as much as yourself uh, and with your kind of working together how does that how does your dynamic work because i guess that Rebecca, you've had a complete shift because, I mean, I don't know you, Matt, very well, but you come across as a very soft energy, very kind, very loving, very caring, which is the complete opposite of the person that you believed you needed to be with um, when you were initially going into relationships. Well, that that's interesting, John, because you're right. And I was also, I also had another completely different uh, self. So on one hand, I really got a lot of qualities from my dad, which have served me massively in my life. Mm. And on the other hand, and some that have not served me at all, and I had to drop them. And on the other hand, I also got a lot of qualities from my mom, who didn't serve me at all. And some that have served me massively. So, for example, I was also very um, soft, like extremely, like too much. I would not have any boundaries really with people. Uh, I would not say no when I wanted to say yes. I basically I didn't have any self worth. Right. And people would just pull me around. I got into so much trouble. I had a lot of abusive relationships because mm -hmm. of those qualities. Yeah. And because of the qualities of my dad, I also had um lovely relationship with lovely guys, nice guys, but for me they were just boring. Yeah. You know, because it was mm -hmm. soft. So yeah, I was very codependent in relationships in the past, big time. And yeah, and masculine as well. So we yeah. just pick up qualities from both of our parents. And yeah, we... I see. I'm just going to comment on. Yeah, it's a really great point, John. And this is something we explore a lot. And I, I went through a phase when I was younger, maybe definitely my twenties and into my thirties, when I got like heavily into spirituality mm -hmm. and I did a lot of meditation and practiced Buddhism quite heavily. Yeah, and you know, learned a huge amount through that journey. And it definitely gave me this sort of spiritual quality, if you like, which served, you know, in many ways, but also gave me some challenges. And this is a, a, a bit of a dilemma because one of sometimes where people go down a very spiritual path, they can develop this sense of equanimity, almost like if this happens, everything's okay. And if that happens, everything's okay. Almost like everything is well, no matter what happens. But yeah. the problem with that is that you can really lose the boundaries. Mm. Almost like you can end up tolerating things that you shouldn't tolerate, you know, because... Right. It's almost like, well, on some, like, there is some spiritual plane on which everything is okay, yeah. but that doesn't help as much day to day when we're navigating and making decisions. Yeah. So, you know, we, this is an area that I've like worked on quite a bit over the last few years. So um, I'll give an example recently. This is something I would never, ever have done in the past, John, but yeah. we were we took a walk and um, I spotted a guy just walking in front of us and he let his dog have a, a crap on the pavement. Yeah. And I just saw that he didn't have a bag and he was kind of like fumbling around. But I'm thinking this guy's just going to walk away from that. And, you know, I'm just going to keep an eye on what happens. So I turned around and he's walking away. And I said to him, hey, you need to pick that up. Your dog's made a mess. That's that's the rule. 
And, you know, we had a bit of a, not a physical altercation, but the guy wasn't, didn't appreciate, you know, the fact that I was pointing this out. But yeah. we sort of talked about this later and thought, well, there comes a point where, I mean, I wouldn't advocate obviously putting ourselves in physical danger. You know, there is a point clearly when I just walk away, you know, if the guy gets seriously aggressive, I'm just going to say, well, I'm not getting involved in this, but there's also a sense that, you know, if we're not willing to have a boundary and just point out what we believe is wrong, then ultimately things just break down. You know, we end up becoming a sort of a prisoner to this idea that we've just got to accept everything the way it is. And I just don't think that's the case. No, no, I completely agree. I I mean, again, I've done a bit of spiritual kind of stuff and Buddhism and stuff in my, in my, in my past as well. And and it's interesting that yes, it is acceptance does lead to a much easier life. But like you said, there are there, then it needs to come to a point where actually, okay, this is not acceptable. I, I kind of know I'm going to be okay and I know I can get through this, but actually what's going on around me is not acceptable. And I do need to have a boundary there and set that in. And I do need to say something. I do need to do something in order to point out that what is going on around me is not acceptable. Like you said, otherwise there is going to be a point where you just allow everything to go on as it is. And people will just do what they want around you, knowing that you're going to let that happen. Exactly, John. And what will typically happen is that people will push and push and push and push and push and push until you just can't take it anymore. And then you'll have a breakdown of some kind. Yeah. And that's what I tended to do in the past. I remember one time with my son, like one time that I really, really lost it with my son. And I'm not at all proud of of what I did. And well, I didn't hit him, but I did physically kind of manhandle him, let's say. Mm. But what he'd done is basically repeat something that he'd heard his mum say to me, which was, Mm. you know, outrageous thing to say uh, frankly yeah. uh, but I hadn't challenged it at the time you know I just kind of le- left it lived with it yeah. and my son had observed this yeah and then when he said it to me something just flicked inside of me and I thought wow I just can't stand for this I, I this is just just outrageous and I, I lost it you know and mm-hmm. it's that losing it that is the evidence that you've allowed something to to, to build up because yeah. you know in a way John you know I wasn't even as as I would see it now, I wasn't really even angry with him. I was really angry with myself mm. for having gone along with this situation and allowed things to be said that were abusive and outrageous that I just hadn't challenged or stood up to. Yeah. And then, well, maybe I need to look at myself there. Coming back to what you said at the beginning, John, about you know how do we own this bit of the problem? You know, as you the question you asked earlier, well, how have I myself contributed to this? Mm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting as well. And again, that points out that. <clears throat> that uh, kind of idea of conditioning and mimicking and, you know, leading by example and stuff, isn't it? If you allow yourself to be talked talk to, treated a certain way, and that, again, that, I think that's a very common thing. Does that come up again with the, with the, uh, with the couple's work maybe and the stuff that you do, that if you do allow your partner to treat you in a certain way and you have got children, children then grow up believing that it's okay to to treat you in the same way exactly john it's a great point you know as we say you know kids don't don't much listen to what we say but they unfailingly mirror or mimic what we do so um it's very easy to say isn't it oh don't do that or you should be more like this but i remember actually john an example of that with my son i saw my son getting bullied at one point mm-hmm. in his sports training and he you know I, I confronted him afterwards and said well why didn't you stand up for yourself better you know, why didn't you say no? Why didn't you talk to the coach or something to stop this happening? Mm. But then I thought, well, actually, what he's witnessing every day is me being bullied by his mum. So why yeah. why would he do anything different? You know, how easy is it for me to say that? But am yeah. I really leading by example? Yeah. I guess you then needed to look at yourself and decide what you were going to do about your behaviour in order to give him a better example of how he needs to treat people and what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. Exactly, John, that's it. Yeah, I think the sooner you can do that, obviously the better so they don't get so conditioned into into a certain space. Because again, that's going to be massively confusing for your son, isn't it? I guess, like you said, the incident where you you got angry at yourself and that manifested in in an emotion towards him, but he was only copying what he had seen. Exactly. Uh, And he's not, like you said, it's not his fault exactly he, he, he just, just believes that's he, a normal way of this is how i talk to dad because this is what happens because apparently dad doesn't mind that and that's how you kind of get your way with dad and he tends to roll over and doesn't make much of a complaint so mm. you know he's it's like my dad's laying himself down as the doormat so i'm 
I'm going to wipe my, fi- my feet. Thank you very much. And unfortunately, I mean, that's human nature, isn't it? Human nature is, is we have a tendency to push boundaries, especially kids. But we, as adults, even we always try and push a boundary if we can get the opportunity to do so. And if someone allows it, even though we might feel massively uncomfortable doing it, because I know that I've done this in the past, similar to maybe Rebecca, I grew up with an idea about what relationships were all about. And if I was with someone nice and soft and loving, I didn't know how to handle that. And I would try and push them away. But I would also push their boundaries because I would do whatever I could to try and create an environment or a relationship that I was used to. That's right. So I would push and push and push and push. Because they were nice people, they would let me push for a certain amount of time before they would go, actually, no, that's enough, John, you're just being an arse now. um, But I would do that. But I never felt comfortable doing it. I always knew it wasn't me. But because they let me do it, because they weren't stopping me, I instinctively would push and push and push um and that again that was not something i don't think i really probably maybe picked up from my parents but it was just i think a natural condition i think as as a human being that we have a tendency to if someone allows us to take advantage there is part of us that will do so a lot of the time Mm, that's right coming to your kind of relationship working together being in a relationship at the same time how does that dynamic work Hmm. Um, I guess I think that will work for some people and it won't work for others. How does, how does it work for you? It, it's, it can be a challenge, Don, you know, frankly, at times, you know, because, you know, we, we're in a relationship, we're married, and we're also business partners. Hmm. And if you think about, you know, if you were going to start up in business with somebody, there are certain qualities that you'd want them to have, you hmm. know, and, <laughs> and, and they're not necessarily the same ones that you want in your intimate relationship, you know. No. Fact, they're quite opposite in some, in some be, yeah yeah so, you know when we're you know with it in, in our business relationship there's a level of like accountability I suppose you know like we mm-hmm. we we say we're going to do something we follow through and we try to hold ourselves and each other accountable but how easily can accountability have a slightly unloving feeling about it mm-hmm. so it's it is really a, a challenge or can be we we try to be quite have good boundaries you know so there's parts of the house where we don't talk about work there's right. situations when we where we consciously say we're not going to talk about work maybe we can share how we're feeling about something yeah. but we're not going to try and have a a, bis- a work meeting or discussion about anything yeah, yeah. that's yeah. how Definitely we navigate it but yeah. it's a good point john it's not always straightforward it's no i think that's a very valid point that's a really important point as well that actually we work i mean i know that if i work with somebody I would like I like to be guided a bit, you know, if the things there's things I don't know about, I'm quite happy for someone to tell me what to do. But then when a personal relationship, again, that like you said, that can become less intimate and less affectionate. If if you're in a relationship, like an intimate relationship with someone who tells you what to do all the time or is trying to take control and guide you all the time, I like, that that can be a completely different emotion, can't it? Because I wouldn't want to be in an intimate relationship with someone who was trying to direct where I was going all the time but in a business sense I know that I would need someone to be able to help me to do that mm. that's right okay. and and also you know we over time we've we've been tweaking things and and changing things uh, and one of the things that I have realized is that because we we have different styles we we like things done in a different way mm-hmm. <laughs> and many times I find myself in this mindset of my way or the highway <laughs> I want this this way and that's yeah. it very uncompromising really so so what this is one of the reasons why uh, we started to run events in person for women only so this is my area where I I express my leadership and I do things my way because mm-hmm. I know that the way I like things it's in a more and for women, it's gonna be better. They're gonna like it more. It's gonna yeah. land better, deeper, yeah. clearer, and you know because I bring up other qualities that Matt has, and I have them more developed because I'm a woman with you know feminine essence. This is something that we talk more in our program. So so that is working really really well now. Yeah. Otherwise, we could be batting heads. You know, we mm. both want to be leading. And, and it just doesn't work so i guess you need you you've made a decision that there are certain areas of your business where someone will lead and someone will follow yeah and use your strengths uh, exactly. in the right exactly. places and 
Exactly. Yeah. So we split. So at the beginning, we did like a lot together. You know, we were basically yeah. sitting together, working away most of the time. Whereas now we don't. Right. We, we do do some stuff together. Yeah. But separate, particularly marketing activities. So I run a certain set of activities. Rebecca does another set, and we, yeah, some of it does come together. But yeah. I think we found a balance on that now, haven't we? Yeah, that's yeah. right. And also, it's very important, Jan, to to really identify uh, from the tasks that we are doing which ones are required to bring to bring up certain qualities mm-hmm. i would say more feminine qualities creative intuitive you know empathetic qualities and in which tasks that we need to do require uh, require us to bring up more masculine qualities like just being more on task uh, structure relentlessness fearlessness and other type of qualities. Super important to identify which qualities you need to bring at a certain in this different tasks. Because mm. otherwise you could be doing something that requires some qualities, but you are bringing up the other ones mm. and it's just not going to work. No, and I think that's important, again, in, in all relationships, isn't it? That you find that balance, you find that harmony within a relationship that you you're allowed, you allow yourself to acknowledge where, you, where you're not maybe as good at or uh, as powerful as or whatever in certain areas as the person because again we can find that in relationships a bit of a struggle can't we to uh, allow ourselves to have limitations and we want to do it or we want to do this and we don't believe the other person should be doing that Uh, but even though they might be better or more more um, what's the word what's the word when there's someone's more competent uh, competent yeah someone's more competent at that or more naturally gifted at doing something Mm. than than you are and it's again it's that fighting that ego I guess isn't it to allow someone to go actually know what you're better than better than than I am at that and I'm I'm quite happy to let you take the lead Mm -hmm. Uh, and I guess that's like again that's a journey that you need you've needed to go on within your personal relationship as well as your business relationship yeah we we just uh, we just allow each other to do the tasks that bring up our strengths and yeah. the only thing we need to do is to control a little bit eh? <laughs> to just <laughs> i'm sure there are some things where you're both just a little you're, bit. The, you're the best at it and then you need to kind of <laughs> going to work through that one or just do it together i guess so there's always that op- there's always that choice I mean, there's definitely things that we've got to agree on, John, you know, that, that, you know, even though we're running things in parallel, we're doing our own stuff, it does inevitably come together, you know, so when we have meetings together with couples, for example, we need to, we need to know how we're going to conduct that meeting. And that requires both of us being happy and comfortable with that. That's right. So, yes. so it, it, we, we do still have those conversations. And yeah, that's important. Yeah, I think, John, the most important thing in, here in the work that we do together, but also in intimate relationships, this is for everyone, for everything, is humility and humor. <laughs> the two H's, the two H, right. humility and humor. This is, this is key. Without humility and without humor, you're, you're done. Can you just explain to this what do you mean by that? What was the significance of that? Yeah, it means that we need to be humble to look at ourselves, uh, as you were saying, to to delegate. Hey, Matt, this is best for you. You are amazing at doing this. So you do that. So what can I do, Matt? Uh, maybe I'm going to do this other thing because I'm amazing at doing this other thing. So humility to not to want to be all the time it's all about you you are the best doing everything you can do everything no just Mm -hmm. humility you know and also humor to laugh when you get it wrong you know like sometimes the other the other day we were doing creative work and we were having a discussion and wondering what's going on what's going on is that for this work we need creativity so we cannot be on task we need mm-hmm. to allow the time and the creativity to flow. You know, ideas come in the shower. They don't come when you are rushing and you have a deadline. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen. So you, if that happens that you get caught up in those situations, you just laugh at, at, at yourself. Yeah. Not at your partner, you laugh at yourself. You catch yourself, you laugh at yourself. Yeah. My ideas never come up in the shower because my music's far too loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy singing and dancing. <laughs> um, a really interesting point as well. I want to just come back to before we before we kind of talk about how people can get in touch with you. That that thing that you said earlier on about the working together is you don't 
talk about business in certain areas of the house, you make that a very much a couple's or a family's own, whatever it is. I think like, that sounds that sounds really significant. Is that you that you set that boundary um, to make sure that you don't always that work isn't twenty four seven at that point. Um, and I guess that re- that's really necessary, isn't it? That when you're working together, that your life is not consumed by your business, and that's all you talk about, and that's all the, that's all you're thinking about together. That's right, John. Imagine that you're going on a date with a with a partner for the first time. And well, let's say that you you've been going out for a while and now you are in bed together about to play. <laughs> let's say let's call it about to play. Yeah. And would you start talking about the bills? Yeah. Did you remember yeah. this, that email earlier on? <laughs> exactly. How sexy is that? And how loving is that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not it, at all, is it? It it can also like it's, it's such an important boundary, like with um, you know, like the the, the line between like emotionally supporting and decisions in the business mm. and this is where it can be quite challenging and we've got to be so like self-aware yeah because you know let's say if we're having a debate around i don't know how we do a marketing thing let's say we're running an event and you know and i turn it around to be like an emotional thing of like saying something like along lines of well you know if you really love me you'd support me to do it my way mm. well no that that's 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 manipulation that, that's yeah. emotional <laughs> blackmail <laughs> yeah how, how easily you can slip into that you know yeah. if um, you know if if we don't have that clear boundary it's like no this is a work conversation it's a business investment that we're making we've got to both agree on that it's not about yeah. me not loving you or supporting you so yeah again we we just try and be as self-aware as i mean because we're talking about this stuff all the time we have an advantage so we try and catch ourselves but yeah it's uh yeah that there, there are flaws that there are issues that we need to be really mindful of there for yeah. sure yeah, no, I think that's that's what you just said is is, is you, self-awareness has come up a lot in the conversation today. And self-awareness in a relationship is key, isn't it? Again, because not only does it help you to understand yourself, it'll help you to understand the other person, but actually being able to work on the, the awareness of the relationship at the same time. But you have to be very self-aware for, a, for, a, for you to be able to overcome these types of situations and to put yourself in, in a space where you're actually thinking about how this is how can you move this forward in the best way possible and, and if you're stuck in yourself you're going to find that very hard to do aren't you exactly john yeah definitely so if people want to find out a bit more about you you you've mentioned your 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 workshops and stuff there's other obviously that there's loads of things that you offer um uh, how do people get in touch with you so a great starting point would be the website alignedwithlove.net. So yeah. you find a lot of information there about what we do and how it works. There's tons and tons of videos as well of people like sharing their stories and how the work has helped them and how it's uh, they've got into a, a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, on the website as well, there's a scorecard where you can answer a few quick questions and get some personalized tailored feedback about your situation and the areas that you're doing well and not well. So a lot of people get value from that. Awesome. We also have a free online course that you can get. We're going to send you the, the link for that, John. Um, right. where it's all about how to engage your partner because sometimes people reach out and they say, well, I really want to do this, but my partner's not so sure. So okay. what do I do? Right. So we've got some videos together, like a video course about that. Um, oh, so okay. people can access that for free, which is really, really helpful. So that's that's helping people, like you said, if someone wants to sort of look at going into this area of developing their relationship, but they know that the other person in the relationship isn't necessarily that keen, this video shows you how to maybe approach that subject to them and try and get them on board. Exactly, John. It's a series of videos with some worksheets as well. Awesome. It's called um, How to Engage Your Reluctant Partner. Right, cool. Hopefully that that speaks for itself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. In that situation is, uh, you know, thinking, well, how do I go about this conversation? And I'm not really getting anywhere, and they seem to be intransigent, whatever. Then this will help you like work through that process to give yourself the best possible chance of bringing them along with you. Awesome, that sounds great. Um, so they can reach out. There, all the details for the video course, how to reach out to Matt and Rebecca, are in the show notes. So please do reach out if you've got any questions or you would like to look at that course um you've got an upcoming hopefully this this should this edition will go out in time for your april workshop so do you want to tell us a little bit about your april workshop yeah on the 27th of april we're having we have a, a monthly event that we call the relationship drop-in surgery 
Mm-hmm. It's like an online private event. So it's not like a Zoom call where you see everyone. It's a private session where you, but right. you can ask questions and we work through a, a series of stages to help people get a bit of understanding about where they currently are and what they can start to reconsider. So yeah, that's an online session on the evening of the 27th of April. You said that's a monthly thing that you do. So even if people aren't able to make the April one, you do that on a regular basis. Exactly, John, yeah. Every, every fourth Thursday of the month. Cool. Great. So again, so if you're interested in in dropping in uh, to the next one, they, that's that's something you can do at the end of April. But if you can't manage that, then there's going to be one running every month for you to visit. Um, and just to finish off today, um, first of all, thank you very much for your time. It's been absolutely amazing talking to you, full of great content and, and things for people to take away uh, from from what we've talked about. Um do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration or something you feel that you know something your clients really resonate with that you'd like to leave us with today? I definitely have one. Yeah. <laughs> Never get stuck in your in your challenges because if you set it for less, you become less. Okay. Thank you. I would say, John, um the one I like is that we're only ever one decision away from a completely different life whatever that decision may be whatever relationship outcome you end up with it's just worth remembering that we're, it, we're always that close to a fundamentally different experience so yeah so if you people are looking for support you know reach out for that whoever it may be with um yeah 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 amazing yeah no, that's so true isn't it it's the decisions that we make i mean like you said it can completely shift and again the things that you know if you think about your life i think if everybody just took you know, a minute just to sit and think about the things that the decisions that they've made in their life and the impacts that that's had. Um, and I think if you can then intentionally then think about the decisions you want to make in mm. order to set your life in into a certain space or your relationships into a certain space. Yeah. Yeah, so it can make such a huge difference just making that decision. Exactly, John. Yeah, awesome. amazing. Thank I you. It's been, been really nice to join you and in, uh, enjoy the conversation. So... Yeah. Thank you so much, Young. It's been really fun talking to you. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure, a pleasure having you on the show, and I look forward to speaking to you again. Take yeah. care. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow, and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.